Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Semi-Skeptic Podcast episode with me, Chris. And me, Aaron. And today we are joined by Alex Melly, who is, I want to say, writer and director. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, of, yeah. Um, of Hodag the Movie. Um, Aaron and I are huge Hodag fans. <laughs> we... I think the first time I come across it was on a, a documentary called Boogeymen, and there was like an episode on it. And I think it was Aaron actually who who told me about it. And mate, we just fell in love with it. <laughs> it's such a fascinating creature. <laughs> um, but let's talk about this movie, man. We are keen to hear anything you can tell us. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I I, I feel the need immediately to turn the tables. Because I, what I found is I thought it was much more known than it really is, it turns out. So can I can I turn the tables very quickly and say, what's your, you know, quick, what's your impression or what's your what's your understanding of the hodag? So, this, is my, this is my challenge to overcome or okay. to deal with, basically. So, this so from what I remember, it was, was he, I want to say Eugene Shepard. Yep. Um said to have captured a creature. I believe he had a bamboo stick with a sponge on the end. <laughs> Chloroform. Yeah. yeah, hunted <laughs> it down in a cave, um, captured the creature and basically took it on like a, almost like a circus parade, shall we say, charging people, I don't know, a dime or whatever it was. I don't know at the time. Um, you know, people traveling to see it. And then I believe the Smithsonian wanted to come down and check this creature out. And that's when he sort of emitted, uh yeah, it's a hoax sort of thing. And then since then, obviously, it, loads of people have claimed to have seen the creature. But I don't think, other than that one picture, I don't think there's any real uh, captured footage. I'm not, not that I've seen anyway. I don't know what you've... Yeah, yeah. And well, before I uh, uh, dissect what you said and stuff, mm. Aaron, your take? Pretty much the same as that, as as, as I remember it. And uh, from what I know, this Eugene Shepherd guy was a bit of a bit of a lad. He likes to uh, play jokes on people. He sounds like my kind of people, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just sort of like, come well, on, let's be, let's be careful. There, there might be some there. details about him I'm going to tell you that you might. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sordid story there. What? What's funny is the reason I ask is that, so I'm from Madison, Wisconsin, which is again in the central United States. We're like uh, like three hours north of Chicago. It's the state capital. So it's a big town, you know, it's a college town, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Well, I grew up here and to me, I thought it was the norm that everybody knew about it. In Rhinelander, Wisconsin, where this, the Hodag, Gene Shepard and the Hodag legend is from, is from Rhinelander, which is about, I'm gonna say three and a half, maybe four hours north. So it's way up in the North Woods, you know, relatively small town, you know, in, in the just, you know, God's country of big woods and all that stuff. So, but growing up here as a kid, my grandmother was from Rhinelander and my mother actually was born in Rhinelander. So I remember as a kid, you know, being babysit by my grandmother and her telling me stories about the Hodag and even gave me one of the, there's a, a couple iconic images on, you know, vintage postcards from, you know, the 1900s or something mm. or thirties or forties or something. And so, so this is my kind of background to the whole writing the movie thing is 
I thought it was just common folklore throughout the Midwest and everybody knew what the hodag was. And then I was out in California for many years, then I came back to Wisconsin, you know, and kind of decided to do this movie thing. So I, I was just doing my basic kind of, you know, kind of checking the waters for familiarity. What I've really found is even here in Madison, three hours away, I would say, you know, 19 out of 20 people don't know what it is. I've really? never heard of it. Yeah. So it's like, wow, I thought it was a much bigger thing. Now, these aren't cryptid people or anything. This is just general public. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then those who would have heard of it, like only one or two people really like had a great explanation like you did. You basically nailed it with your description of it. Um, and then other people to be confused, got confused. There's a music festival that happens every summer called the Hodag Country Music Festival. So people all, that would, other people would say that it, that's it, that's it. And literally that has it's this huge music festival that gets, you know, very large name. You know, I'm not into country music, but apparently gets all the A and B list performers. But the only association whatsoever is their logo. Their logo is of a cowboy with a guitar or something on a hodag. No, nice. the creature would kind of so it's but literally even the guys well the people are now at the hodag festival trying to promote the concept of the hodag and everything but so long story short is that i all of a sudden realized i have a real uphill climb here for this movie i thought i had a built-in audience mm. and it turns out there's no audience whatsoever until i stumbled on the cryptid community and in the cryptid community people know what the hodag is you know right up there yeah. with the chupacabra and the mothman and all, you know and all this mm. kind of stuff so it's like okay I thought it was going to be a general public thing, but now my target audience is the cryptid community. So, which is very exciting because you don't have to explain it. And the hodag is really kind of unique in the whole cryptid thing because it's one of the few things that has a huge history. I was just up in Rhinelander uh, in May and they had a festival, the, the third annual, just a festival only for the hodag. I mean, there's community festivals. They've been celebrating it for years and years as just kind of an offshoot. But this wonderful guy, uh, Paraguys, uh, started this festival with the city called the Hodag Heritage Festival. And this year was the 130th anniversary of Gene Shepard creating the, wow. the thing. So now what I've stumbled on basically is, so now I've got something that has a huge built-in fan base, basically mm. has an actual legacy history, as opposed to, you know, there's very few cryptids that have like a documented history of any sort. You know what I mean? No. They'll, they'll yeah. just random stories here and mm. there. So mm. Uh, to me, this is kind of all very bolstering and that, you know what, there's a, there's an audience for this. Yeah. And, and at that festival, I should have gotten a booth. I didn't get a booth. I just, you know, walked around with flyers and uh, promotional materials that I nice. made up for promoting the movies or something, saying yeah, promotional hi. materials um, <laughs> and tried to get an email list going and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And every single person, of course, I was, you know, what, preaching to the choir or whatever you want to say. Everybody there is, oh my God, you got to make a Hodag movie. You got to make a Hodag yeah. movie. Uh, but it was really inspirational that just there's so many people that will get such a kick out of it, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and there's just again, I feel like I feel like people are chomping at the bit. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to get this rolling. Mm, I mean, I, I love how the locals have sort of embraced it as well. You know, they've they've taken it in their stride and, you know, you've got that hodag statue outside i can't remember what huge. building yeah it's huge you know it's at the it, chamber of commerce yeah um yeah. I, it's, I believe it's the mascot as well for the university or the college uh, for the high, high school high school high school team yeah. yes yeah so they since the beginning of this whole thing back you know once it became acknowledged as a hoax the city has totally now i don't know that the, over the course of time i think it wasn't nearly as popular until maybe like the 1930s or 40s or something i don't think it's been mm. a, a constant but um the city adopted it as the official mascot. 
the Chamber of Commerce has that huge um, statue. If just you know, your viewers just Google it, you can't miss it. Mm. Um, well, somewhere behind me on that wall, there's a photo way back there with uh, of, of it somewhere. <laughs> um, but then, so the the high school adopted it as its mascot, and then it's all over town. I mean, the the logo is on the police cars. It's like Hodag Burgers, Hodag Used Cars, Hodag Dry, dry Cleaning. And then there's statues all over town. Mm. So you go to this place and it's kind of like, it's everywhere. Yeah. And when I was up there for the festival, I even kind of stopped some locals and said, you know, are there people that don't like the Hodag? <laughs> you know I mean? It's like, cause it's just, it's a defining thing for this little town as a tourism thing. And absolutely everybody said, no, it's fantastic. You know, it's what makes us kind of unique. And it's just, it's all fun. There's like no downside to this thing. So mm. people really, really enjoy it. And mm. As a crazy little trivia, the um, there was some contest. I didn't know they had contests like this, but there was a national um, high school mascot contest for the entire country with, I think it was something like, you know, like 100, 200,000 people voting and the Hodag won the most, you know, popular oh, wow. uh, high school mascot in the country. I'm like, when the hell does that happen? <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's just weird. No, that's brilliant. Am I right yeah. in thinking that, the whole, because a lot of people first reported the hodag to be black, and now it seems to be more as green. Is that to do with the high, the high school? Because that was their colours. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you you just debunked one of the biggest like mysteries. Mm. Um, and I got to give a quick shout out the the guys who put on the festival. Mm. Um, is uh Ben and uh, Carrie, uh, Ben Burnell and Carrie Blaythorn, I think his last name is absolute diehard hodag fanatics uh ben owns the hodag store the hodagstore.com yeah. where they sell i kid you not i mean it's you know hundreds I'll, and hundreds I'll, of I'll visit their website and yeah my yeah there's some I great mean, stuff it, i think it, aaron you sent me the link didn't you and i was <laughs> spent hours thinking yeah. oh what can i buy <laughs> and it ain't, it's not just the logo slapped on things i mean there is some of that but there's yeah. just you know crazy in they have hodag branded beer and syrup mm. and you know stuff all with again not just the logo with you know custom artwork for every different label all that kind of stuff yeah so and the funniest thing ben also has uh a building a, a small house behind the store which is in downtown rhinelander and he turned the house into the Hodag Airbnb. So it's all decorated up with just, you, you know, Hodag sheets, Hodag <laughs> curtains, Hodag lampshades, Hodag, you know, cutlery. And I mean, it's just painted on the wall, murals and everything. I mean, nice. it's, I was, I kind of was like, oh, I, I would have stayed there, but he had already booked it out for the festival thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then this other fella who started the festival with him um, is uh, Carrie Bladethorn, or Blaythorn, I believe his last name is. And he's the true historian. So, I mean, he is absolutely, he gives tours. Uh, they did a bus tour with all the, the like Gene Shepard's grave and all this kind of stuff. So he's mm. the, you know, actual expert. expert. I'm a, I'm a fanatic. Hey, oh, hey sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. You know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that was? I think that was my VPN kicked in or something. Yeah. Okay. We're back technology <laughs> i know <laughs> drives me crazy but it's fantastic uh but so anyway those uh, uh but is when you ask about the thing that was a, a question that came up that i didn't know the answer to that but you've already guessed it it was originally it was the black hoed egg mm. it was even called the black hoed egg and at some point um I, I think he said this is the assumed thing they don't have evidence for it but the high school's colors were green and white so them yeah. adopting it and now it's always seen as green yeah so 
being so large. It's kind of a bit like the whole, I think, you know, like the Santa Claus was originally green or maybe blue and it's slowly gone to red, I think, because of Coca-Cola, I believe, done an advert years ago. And then it's just sort of been, that's one of the rumours anyway. Or is it Pagan? I can't remember. Yeah, the myth was of it being Coca-Cola making him red, but Santa's always been modelled after the Amanita Mascara mushroom. Which um, is obviously a present that grows at the base of a tree, which is white and red. Yeah. There you go. We are like fact. a good Coca-Cola conspiracy <laughs> joke. <Yeah. laughs> Evil Coke. <laughs> yeah. So um is this your first movie doing a cryptid, like based on a cryptid? Have you done any before? Yeah, this would definitely be the first uh, first cryptid based thing. Um, my all my other movie experience, I have a small uh, production company called SuctionProduction.com mm-hmm. or Suction.com, and you have to misspell it properly: S U K T I O N. If you spell it correctly or go to variants of it, you go to some kind of nasty site. Yeah. <laughs> leave that to your imagination. Yeah, uh, which has always been funny because people said, "Yeah, I saw you make making some movies." Uh, it's like, no, no those mines normal stuff <laughs> um but everything else i've done i've done a bunch of short films i've done a thriller uh full feature um documentary and a couple a bunch of web-based things and all of those have been uh just straight up you know drama type that type of stuff mm. so this is definitely my first foray into you know the cryptid world and so i've, I've got a script the script's been written um yes. i would pitch it as um kind of an action adventure with uh you know it's got sex it's got a little violence it's kind of a um you know a young action adventure thing i don't know if i kind of give the vibe of if you i'm sure you've seen Shaun of the dead yeah 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 of course yeah it, i i like it i liken it to that kind of i mean it's a huge comparison because that's a great movie <laughs> uh but it's it's got that kind of vibe to it yeah you know, that kind of humor yeah um, nice yeah and another crazy one that I'm, I'm really liking comparing it to but a lot of people haven't seen it's called um tucker and dale versus evil Fucking love that film. And it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. And it? And it? It's just fantastic. You know, it's, I don't know if you've seen it, Chris, but it's these. I've uh, definitely heard of it. I, I'm trying to think if I've seen it or not. I oh, can't mate, think of it. watch it. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. The, the guy, he's a, he's kind of a character actor. You'd recognize him. He, he looks kind of like Larry the Cable Guy, but it's not him. But he, he and his buddy are basically two hillbillies. And he, they're these, there's these very nice, kind guys, but then you see it from these college kids who are out visiting and they just see them as, you know, deliverance hillbillies who want to kill them. And the kids like keep getting killed, brutally murdered, but by accidents. And they think the hillbillies are trying to kill them and they're actually killing themselves, like trying to run away and they like run into a pitchfork <laughs> or it's just, and it's funny. It's, it's very funny. So that, it's, those it's are my kind of like great way to yeah. kill an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. So that's my kind of sense of humor. And I, you know, couldn't help but gotta throw a little, you know, little sexy stuff in there and yeah. some fun action, you know. And it's a but that said, it has a heart too. It's got a heart. It's uh it's really a story about this guy, young filmmaker, uh kid named Oz, you know, and he's returning back to Rhinelander. Uh, this is gonna be a pitch of the movie, or whatever, just that. So he's returning back there to make a movie because he, you know, hasn't been successful in anything, he's got bills to pay. And so he's going to make a documentary about the Hodag, which in my, I kind of twist reality in the movie, his, his family is the shepherd family who created the Hodag. Okay. Cool. So he goes back there. It's kind of, he reveals that his family's part of it. And then as they're trying to make this documentary, that's actually kind of mocking the kooky town and all the wacky locals who love this crazy creature thing. 
Um, you know, there's bodies that start showing up twisted and mangled. So it's like, wait a second, maybe this isn't just a crazy hoax. You know, the, the mm. egg might be real after all. And again, throwing some sex, some violence, car chases, you know, pyrotechnics, all the good stuff, you know, for a thrill ride with a heart. With a heart. With a heart. It's a man in search of his own meaning, in search of his own legacy. And a wise cracking chimpanzee. Of course. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a given. <laughs> Is that every, movie, every good movie. <laughs> It's interesting you say like earlier on you were saying that had a hodag isn't really like a like you thought it was more famous than it was because when you think of some of these things like like even outside the crypto community but everyone knows who Bigfoot or like the Loch Ness monster is or something and it's like it wasn't until we found out about the hodag and we started talking about it on um like Instagram that people were like oh shit somebody else who knows who the hodag is and we were like oh there's people out there <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a hidden secret or something you know it's yeah and there's just something I think because thanks to Gene Shepard and then people like this Terry and oh at the festival there's a guy named um, um uh, Jerry Scheidel who was a former mayor of the city who literally gets up on stage and does reenactments of Gene Shepherd, you know, being a huckster, you know, come in and see the hodag, throw me yeah. a nickel. And and then he goes behind a curtain, he comes back and his clothes are all torn. Oh, you can't see the hodag today, which is what Gene Shepard did. You know, he was a he's a wackadoodle guy, just yeah. you know, kind of a, a hustler making money back in the day. Guy. He he was on that documentary I watched, and was he? he apparently <laughs> he managed great. to get a photo him. of the hodag, but when he got home, his cam the battery on his phone had died. And then his two cats decided to kick the phone about, smash the phone up, and the photo's gone. And then at the end of it, he said, and I only had one cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like brilliant. I was like, yeah. absolutely fantastic. The, ol the only flaw in that story is if he's from Wisconsin, he didn't have just one cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a drinking community here. <laughs> oh, yes, it's all liquor and dairy queen. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. A lot oh, of cheese. We found oh, big we've... wheels of cheese. <laughs> it seems to be the not not just hodag, but like all the cryptids. It, it seems to be the same sort of excuse. Oh, I had a photo, but it yeah, my laptop uh, got a virus and yeah, yeah lost it. Yeah, lost, lost it. Oh, yeah, it's unfortunately, in somewhere. <laughs> or they've got a photo and it's blurry and grainy. And it's, it's like, come on, these things have 4K cameras. There's oh, no, no reason you don't have oh, a no. good photo. <laughs> it's like I, I often go on Reddit on the uh, cryptid community and right. people post up pictures of you know, Bigfoot and it's they draw like they go go on like MS Paint or whatever and draw little red lines around it. You can clearly see and it's like. It don't look like nothing. Like, no, come on! No. If you're gonna if you're gonna start your own hoax. At least do a solid job. Yeah. You know, take a Photoshop course. You know, <laughs> uh, which that actually leads into the whole, um, you know, with the uh, digital folklore and everything. Of I've been getting really into Slenderman. Slenderman. Yeah, that was cool. Which, by the way, oh, yeah. did you hear cool the infamous? One. You heard about the 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 kids? You know, the little girls that stabbed another girl. Yeah, that was crazy. It was here in Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> she was. She had, she had like no remorse afterwards or anything. She was just like, "Oh, sorry, yeah. I just, you know." Thirteen-year-old girl. So they they were you know 
totally into the slender man thing and you know you got to do whatever he says so he'll take you to his kingdom and all this kind of stuff and these two little 13 year old girls took their little girl friend out in the woods and stabbed her with a kitchen knife like 40 times or something and she didn't die luckily and then they're, they're still it's a very controversial thing the kids are being tried as adults and i think they're in they've been in prison for years now with like no uh therapy or no medication or anything like that it's a little bit Jeez. not a happy story Yes, I remember reading something like the judge was saying something like um, trying to rehabilitate it would just be a waste of time. So they've just got to just be punished, basically, because they were like, there's no remorse there. There's no guilt. You can't teach someone to feel that way. So they're like, just try them as adults and then hope they're fucking better when they get out. Yeah. And and sadly, I've seen a couple, you know, documentaries and shows about it. The one girl, the girl who was kind of the quote, ringleader of it, whatever, she basically has schizophrenia and her dad has schizophrenia. So and they're not treating her for it. So it's like, well, here's somebody who has a problem, mm. you know, and they're not helping her. You know, she's not whatever. It's all, it's a whole how to get off on that horrible topic. Mm. <laughs> I mean, how... Oh, goodness gracious. Goodness yeah. gracious. So, so you are. Uh, okay. go on. No, go on, Aaron. Go on. I was gonna say, so are you like a, a horror film like fan in general, or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, I'm trying to think of. Uh, you know, I basically like I'm I'm more of a you know cinephile. Of, I'm into everything. I uh, you yeah, know like more movies. off. Yeah, more offbeat stuff. I'm lately. I was like, <clears throat> maybe that's I was. It's not been on my mind. I've been getting into folk horror a lot more. Folk things horror, like, right. Yeah, things like you know Midsummer and uh, The Witch. Oh, we love The you Witch. Know, yeah, just creepy ass shit is really because I, you know, I mean, I I've watched my share of slasher movies and you know, uh, torture porn, you know, the the Saw movies and all that. You know, I mean, I basically watch everything from you know romantic comedies to Criterion Collection, you know, anything. I just I'm a, a movie fanatic. But uh, my latest uh, kind of obsession is with folk horror, and I did just get a crazy. Uh, I brought another audiovisual, a box set called all the haunts be ours and it's some crazy it's put out by this severin company and it's 12 blu-rays with 20 feature films (laughs) and 15 hours of bonus footage but it's it's kind of the history of folk horror so now i've I've only about four movies into it but i'm kind of i'm not going to do a report card or something but i'm just trying to look at each each movie and kind of you know just trying you got on what have you got on the list there let's see how many hours soon Okay. Now, again, these are, I think there's some of them are older. The ones I think they might be going in chronological order because um, there's some pretty rough stuff. And a lot of them are foreign too, but um, Eyes of Fire, Lepetrica, Witch Hammer. That's a known one. Uh, uh, Lake of the Dead, Tilbury, The Dreaming, Celia, Allison's Birthday, uh, Locust, a manuscript of Professor Wittenbach. Clear Cut, Il Domino, Dark Waters, Field in England. Oh, and then, well, nice. this is the one that seems to be people know as Robin Redbreast. Oh, yeah. And now they don't have it in here, but it's like um, the Wicker Man, you know, is kind of the oh, seminal. That's, that's like the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm finding is, so again, I'd, I'd never heard of a single one of these, basically. Mm. And they're just odd. They tend to deal with a lot of pagan things, uh, like yeah. pagan rituals. Type stuff. Like the top, like the big three, like the what they would call the unholy trinity of um, folk horror would be uh, Wicker Man, I believe, um, Blood on Satan's Claw, 
and yep. Witchfinder General. Yeah, yeah, with Vincent all, Price. Yeah, all gray movies too. Yeah. So these are if these are in that vein of it, definitely. Yeah. And I'm not sure what's attracting me to it right now. Oh, and there was a, a recent one I just saw that had Jude Law in it called The Third Day, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was on HBO or uh, whatever. But so, yes, I like horror, but there's something different about kind of straight up horror where these have uh, like kind of a more foundational something to them. They're all questioning, mm-hmm. you know, our relationship to nature or, you know, witchcraft. Witchcraft is kind of a theme in a lot of these too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I don't know why I'm being fascinated by this, but I do have another project that I'm writing that if we were able to make it, the beauty of it is it would be incredibly small cast locations everything because it would just take place out in the woods that was the um, best ones exactly because then you know then it's it's the story it's what happens it's the story in your mind it's not a freaking marvel movie about special effects and you know big name actors and all that kind of stuff i mean um but it, it would obviously be very dark it's got to be dark oh, another oh, good yeah. one i just saw the ritual oh that's a good one a friend of yeah. mine wrote the um wrote the source novel for adam neville shout out to adam seriously well done yeah yeah i've known adam for years oh my god how how close is the novel to the movie what's is there a big difference or oh vastly big difference the, the premise is pretty much the same but when you if if you read the novel you you just couldn't market that to a big audience yeah, so true. they sort of took the bare bones of it and made the movie with it but it, it was cool i enjoyed it like it was Excellent. the best of what they could have done with it so no, it's yeah, cool, yeah, because not knowing the source material, it was creepy as fuck. You know, they're that stuck yeah, in that cabin, and 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 that's so that actually leads back to the hodag. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my big challenges in this whole thing is how do you represent the hodag on screen? And you know, on a funny side story, when I was at this um, uh, festival thing, um, the hodag heritage festival, it was, I ended up spending probably a half an hour debating with a teenager about how I was going to represent the Hodag. And this, I, kid, this kid... I hope you punched him right in the mouth. <laughs> That's not good PR. So I didn't punch him immediately. But he basically was just like, now, if you're going to make this Hodag movie, dude, you can't do CGI, you know, I'm not going to go see your movie. And I'm like, after a half an hour of talking to him, I realized I'm working really fucking hard to win over this one potential person who's going to spend six bucks or you know tw- ten bucks on my, you know, might you know he probably won't even go see it, you know, but but it it begs the question though of how do you do it? And I think my solution to it is I want it to be a bit like in the story the way I've written it, it's a bit like Jaws. You know, you see it from its point of view leading up mm. to it. You see what it's doing. And then, of course, you know, in the third act, you get the reveal. Yeah. And nice. then it becomes, you know, a force of nature and all that kind of. But I think at the end of the day, I don't want to do. I mean, this is all the pie in the sky. You know, we'll see what happens. But I don't want it to be just a full on CGI. I want it to be an absolutely practical thing nice. that people interact yeah. with. Now, it could be enhanced with CGI. You could do all sorts of detail mm. or, you know. Um, the, the texture, who knows what it would oh, be. Oh, these but... days you can do it on your phone. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I just did it while we were talking. I just did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so leading back to your friends, uh, the ritual project, I was blown away by the beast in that thing. Because it was cool, like, isn't it? It was. And if you think about it, I mean, they did. It's. I'm not inventing the 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 wheel here, but you remember you see glimpses of it you'd see it kind of going in the distance you'd see that's these... the best way to do it i think glimpses it is. like it, that's just you, you, that's yeah, just like you've seen um 
you've seen American Werewolf in London. Oh yeah. You know, you just see those little tiny shots of it. You see a part of its eye or the snout and just little bits. And then when it's running through Piccadilly Circus, you might see like a side flash. That's the best way to do it, I think. Exactly. Exactly. And then you have the reveal, you know, and then you see it in yeah. all its glory. And, uh, so it's, that's obviously the strategy. And then the good part of that is even if it is using some CGI or anything that reduces your costs because you're not showing it, you know, straight through everything. Um, I just listened to a great um, a podcast talking about the movie Megan or M3 Megan the, about a little uh, robot girl. Have you seen that one? Is that over there? No. Um, I, so, I've, I've seen it knocking about like on I the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's good. It. It's it, it's not awesome. It's not as good as like uh, Ex Machina, you know, for kind of an That's a AI. That's another fucking awesome movie. Yeah. Um, but this one, it's good. It's a, it's a, it's a fun thrill ride and it's just creepy because they, they obviously used a real girl and then did CGI on top to creep her out. But I read or I listened to a podcast with the um, uh, the writer who I think was the filmmaker of it, too. And she basically said every time you'd see the doll girl, it was money. If she moved, that was money. If she just turned her head and looked, that was way cheaper. So it's just it's a real world lesson on because of CGI, because of the cost mm. of CGI. So she basically had to rewrite the script, taking out all sorts of activity of the villain, you know, the, the Megan Creech, uh, doll girl and change it to just looks and creepy looks because that was more effective creepily, but it generally was cheaper that allowed her to get her movie made. So these are things you have to think of from the, the filmmaking point of view. You can't, you don't necessarily have an open budget to just do, do whatever you want to do. You know, it's mm. got a, the old, uh, the old wallet comes in into play. Mm. Have you seen that ex machina at all, Chris? No, no, that's I worth worth your time. You'd enjoy that. That's your kind of film. Yeah, I have to get that sort of that, that sort of dark cyberpunky kind of thing going on. Yeah, it's cool, man. Mm. And it has incredible special effects in it. It's um, it's that girl. What's it, is that Vicka Vicka Vic something Vikander? I can't think. I think she's the girl who played the new Tomb Raider girl, right? Oh no, I do. Yeah. Whatever. She's some she's some hot actress who's an excellent mm. actress, by the way. But they basically sexualize the robot. You know, this is smoking oh, yeah. hot My, robot. I would fuck that robot, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and spoiler Apple alert, he does. Be able to fix, <laughs> Apple would not be able to fix her, Mike. I'll tell you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a hell of a way to get electrocuted, but go for it, man. <laughs> I'll go happy. But that is a that is a, a another example of a very small. I mean, they basically the entire thing takes place in this house, which I don't know how much was you know on a location or whatever. But it's it's a contained, totally contained script, and it's all it's a psychological thriller as much as it is an AI, you know, um, uh, cautionary tale or whatever you want to say. And I I just watched it again about a month ago, and it's like wow, with everything going on with AI and all the crazy debates about things, it's like. Yeah, watch this one. This will scare you, scare you mm. back into maybe we need more regulations on this shit. You know, mm. it's a great movie. That's, yeah, that's what I like about those like single set location films because we've obviously got great films like Law of the Rings that can give you these huge environment Scope. shots and be like, yeah, look at that. But when it's something like like it's like a drama or a psychological film, you've literally got nothing to drive it but the writing and the acting. It's like you've got the story and the people telling it. Small cast, tiny set. It's like there's no excuses now. There's no flash. There's no Marvel kind of like you say. It's just we can have a bunch of shiny things smashing into each other half hour and that can be a part of it done. 
this yeah. has all got to be done by like you've got to raise tension and just you got to, it's basically like the ascent the same as going back to basics and just doing like a play that, you know that's what i was, that's what I was exactly just going to say they yeah, have to act they have to yeah, act. <laughs> they've got that one stage and it's like right now you guys have got to carry the story yeah and the, yeah. the stage you know, a play is that's that on the next level of then you get no retakes. You're right in front. You're literally 10 feet away from your audience. I mean, that's why I think, you know, that's the scariest thing in the world. But that's why all the great actors come or many great actors come from the theater because that's the balls to the wall. I mean, that's the shit. Mm -hmm. There's no faking mm -hmm. anything. You don't get three chances to get it right. You got to get it right, you know, three times a day, <laughs> six days a week or whatever. Yeah. It's... Well, that's why a lot of actors today aren't so great like the old ones. Because people look back at the old actors and like, oh, why can't people act like that anymore? Like, because these people came from theater. These people, their routine would be like, we're going to rehearse this until it is done over and over and over. But these days they'll do table reads maybe. Oh yeah, but they're, but they're not rehearsing. They're turning up on the day and it's like, all right, let's do this. Where, where do you want us? And all of, everyone looks like they have no idea how long they've been there for. They look so uncomfortable. This is like this is supposed to be your house of thirty years, and you you look like you don't know where the fucking kitchen is. Yeah. Whereas in these older films, these people would literally be like, we're not wasting the film, you know, because it's something expensive. So you guys are going to have to like rehearse this like eighty times before we uh, actually record it. And that's why it's all gone downhill now because people can just get away with doing take after take, but yeah. each take is as shit as the last one. <laughs> and I had this exact conversation with a, a friend of mine yesterday. We were just talking about this, and this is a massive generalization, but we, we were both saying, "Isn't it funny how you know you're watching The Walking Dead, and all of a sudden then they do an interview, and the guy's British, and then they're doing this, and wait, that guy's British. It's like, wait, how come all these British actors are doing American accents?" And they're getting all the roles. And my, you know, little theory on this is, and this is a massive generalization, but you know, the European aesthetic is much more about the theater and the quality and the craft. So they are the better actors. Again, massive generalization, but just you know, on profile. No, it's true. Say, we are we are superior. Of course. <laughs> I'm I'm giving you that one. But <laughs> but on the flip side, and this is a massive generalization, but so many of the American people that get into acting, and I've been in these auditions where you see person after person, I don't think they're actors. They want to be famous. They want to be a celebrity. Yeah. They want to be, they're, they're like, and this is maybe this is a little mean to say, but the friends actors, you know, I don't think, I'm not saying they can't act and do it, but they're doing versions of themselves. You know, mm. you're not going to see Ross from Friends being Hannibal Lecter doing, yeah. you know, it's like no. there's just a different and this is more of an American ism or whatever. It's like I think people get into acting in show business to be famous yeah. and mm. to be which is yeah. the op, and massive generalizations again. But it's different than people who want to do it for the craft. You know, the John Malkovich's, the, you know, De Niro's and all the, the people that are true artists that are weird as fuck people. I don't even know if I'd want to hang out with some mm -hmm. of them because they're fucking hardcore creative individuals, you know, and I think to them, the fame isn't as much. And I'd say, you know. 80% of people, I mean, I lived in LA for a while and everything and you meet and I've done auditions there and stuff. And it's just, it is overwhelmingly people who want to be famous. And that's mm -hmm. the state our freaking culture here is all about right now. And it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem is particularly now with like social media, because this is very, oh. very young platform yeah. still, but the things people do and it's like, you know these people in person and it's like you're so fake online just because you want to be famous and so yeah. attention seeky it's like it's oh, never their true God. self is it it's, no, never. It's, 
Ooh, and what's even worse is the older people who are then being like the younger people. Yeah. It's yeah. like I kind of get kids, you know, they're whatever. They're all just trying to discover themselves. I wasn't smart when I was 20, you know, where I would have been into all this shit. But then I see adults my age freaking on Twitter all the time and on Facebook and stuff. It's like, dude, get a fucking life, you know, mm. <laughs> just none of it's real. And you're, yeah. you're the, I, I a good thing I heard is if you're not paying for a product, you are the product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. So I had to unfollow that Miller from um, Fifth Element because, oh, that picture just drives me crazy. I was, I was looking at it and I, I was like, you're like 50 odd or whatever. And she's literally posting stuff with like these filters at little angles and doing stuff and trying to talk like a 14 year old girl. And, like, I was, and I was just like, oh, this is creepy. It's, it's pathetic and it's sad. I was like, no, yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. Pathetic was, is the word. Yeah. But it's to me, it's a symptom, you know, it's just why are people like this so much? Why are they, you know, not to get overly philosophical about it, but it's like, why is it so pervasive? Why is everybody so into it? I'm so anti-social media. I only act my my guilty pleasures flipping around on um, Instagram, which now, you know, of course, you're I, I know I'm playing into the system and I've only really embraced it since I was trying to do the Hodag movie stuff. Because It's like, yeah. OK, that's how you're going to reach people. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But I, I, when I'm flipping around, the minute I see some freaking Orange County housewife with big boobs doing yoga and stuff, no, not interested, yeah. not in, block all those. Yeah. They now they have a little button you can give them a tip. So they're gonna do yeah, their yoga yeah, pose yeah. and they want you to give them a dollar. You know, it's like fuck you, <laughs> go get a job. Yeah, they got that. They got that online tin cup. Just uh, rattling it to people. Like, oh, they yeah. are. They are. And people do it. The people will tip though. That's the crazy thing. Which is insane. I mean, there was a, I can't remember the name of the site. There was a site where basically bimbos would go on there and say, I have no money. I want to buy a Gucci purse. Give me a dollar. And people, you know, you get dollar here, dollar there. Well, you get 10,000 people giving them one dollar. Yeah. It's like, they just got a 10 grand. Yeah. And it's like, people were doing it. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's only a buck. Yeah. And they make wish lists on Amazon yes. or whatever that fans can yeah. fucking yeah. spend their hard-earned yeah. cash on someone they've never met. I respect only fans more where it's like, yeah, I'm going to get naked. You're going to pay me. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, it's a transaction <laughs> as opposed to pretending you're not a fucking hooker and, then, <laughs> and wanting money. <laughs> but then as soon as you turn up at their house in the middle of the night, they oh, start there. It's weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, so I show up all slathered in mustard and honey and oh, now I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> if I had a nickel, if I didn't, if I had a shilling for every time that happened, I'd yeah. Good times, mm. good times. So, what's um, what's the next step for you? So, obviously, the script's done. You said, yeah. So, it's actually, it's in. I'm going to say it's done. I literally would be 100 uh, percent confident uh, sharing it with producers to get it to the next level. But that said, I'm always working on it. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm actually consulting with a, another uh, gentleman from a fine place. Where's it called again? Oh yeah, London. <laughs> uh, who's absolutely, and it's just nice to. Pardon? It's a shit hole. <laughs> oh, you heard it. Is. it. Oh, you heard <laughs> it. <laughs> it's not the Americanized um, Paris that people think it is. And, and, yeah. and FYI, America, Paris is a shit hole and all. There you go. <laughs> There's homeless people everywhere. You can't move for them. We don't oh, well. like in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Big Ben. Let's go to Big Ben. Yeah. And that ain't well, even that big. Yeah. So the next. I think the, the the big step in my kind of next goal is to find because um, I've produced the the biggest project I've done was a feature film called Things You Don't 
things you don't tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was um, probably about a half million dollars, um, but I had a nice size cast. We had, you know, special effects. We had fire stunts, you know, uh, car stunts, all sorts of stuff. It's a fun movie. I would point you to, um, um, it was on Amazon for a while, but it's not anymore. Uh, but we made some money back on it, which is always nice. But whatever, it was a very low budget B thriller. Um, but that said, there was a couple, not a, not a, across the board, but the, the kid who starred in it was flipping fantastic. And it's kind of like, I was really hoping he'd go on to do other things, you know, and, mm. but. British, um, was he? Wait, <laughs> yeah, no, was he no, British? no, he's American, he's American, American, he's not British. Um, but um, so in, in all the projects I've done, all the short films and stuff, I've always kind of been the driving force, the director, producer, um, worked with writers. I've written some stuff, some of my stuff, worked with screenwriters on other things. And then I partnered with some other producers on this thing, but on that feature I did. So this one basically has to be the next step up, which honestly, it could be anywhere from five to 50 million, you know, who knows what a budget, honestly, the biggest factor of the budget would be stars Mm. would be the names because the location isn't a major thing, even the CGI. I mean, that's a huge item, but it's really, I just want to get name people in this. So it's got saleability and, and quality acting is what I really want. Some British people. Um, well, if you need but, a couple uh, handsome uh, British blokes with big bushy oh. beards, um, do you know some? I'm sure we can yeah, find we'll some. Let you know. Yeah. Can you refer me to yeah. them? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the two of you could refer me to two of those yeah. people. That would yeah, be great. We will. Thank I've got you. Your ring oh, now. That's, great. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. If only you knew two of them. But anyway. Um, but I'll so all that said, Cage, see what he's up to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He always needs money. Which I just watched uh, Renfield last night. Have you guys seen that one? No, uh, not yet. yet. Is it out over there yet? It just came it, on pay per view here. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it was out. Um, I don't know if it's on pay per view over here yet. It, it just got on pay per view like maybe a week ago. So I was like dying to see it for six bucks, and it got. I think it got pretty medium to bad um, here. Kind of, we was Rotten Tomatoes is the big, you know. Um, uh, and I think it got only like a sixty percent or whatever like that, and it was fantastic. I mean, it's. If you like Nicolas Cage, it's fantastic. If you don't like him, you'll hate it. But yeah. it's, uh, it, it's. I'm going to say, I guess it's run of the mill. You know, it's exactly kind of what you thought it was. But it was fun. I I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I find that He's with great. most reviews, though, if if um, there's a certain newspaper over here called the Guardian, and I find whenever they oh, yeah. give a film five stars, usually means it's going to be shit for me. But when they give a film like one or two stars. It's usually fucking banging. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you got to think what's their audience is probably just absolutely mainstream. You know, will it, yeah. is it a Disney movie is probably their one question. Is it a Disney movie? You mm. know? Yeah. But I, I think I'd give, I don't know if I'd give Renfield, Renfield a, a like a full on thumbs up, but it's like, if you like Nicolas Cage, you'll get a kick out of it. Yeah. He gets very Nicolas Cage. You know, he gets to play a vampire. But um, somehow I digressed with uh, la, 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 la. But So my, my next step goal is, I was saying since I had all these other projects, I've worked with other producers, but this one, if it is this next step up of, you know, anywhere between five to 20 million, whatever, you know, insane numbers we're talking, I haven't done something that big and I need a producer who's got that kind of skill level, who's done that, that scale of a movie. Yeah. So the good news is, I mean, I, I'm confident I could handle the scale of it from a directing point of view um, because I, I had a wonderful experience. Uh, this is a funny, by the way, there's going to be some name dropping. Is that okay if I do some name dropping? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. It's going to be, it's not intentional, but and they're not, I'm not dropping the names. I'm dropping a friend of mine dropping names. How's that? Is that a little better? 
we'll see. <laughs> so, and, and by the way, it's very uh, timely too. So I had the wonderful opportunity to work with a friend of mine. His name's Michael Lander. And his first feature film that he did, um, he invited me to come along with him to be his assistant. Because at that time, I had a little bit more experience than him because I'd done a feature film and this was his first feature. And he had an incredible amount of experience doing music videos and other projects. But then he got a feature greenlit in Hollywood. It was like, holy shit. There was even a bidding war between like Sony and stuff, all these things. So he made a feature film and this is going to be, I can guarantee you've never heard of this film. And it stars Susan Sarandon, Ellen Page, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy's the star. Mm. And uh, we had, um, uh, oh my God, Josh Lucas was in it. Um, Bill Pullman, um, you know, president from Independence Day and mm. stuff. And the movie's called Peacock. I'll give you a, a, a quid if you've heard of this movie, Peacock. Have you ever heard of it? I knew it. And the, the crazy thing is, is this movie was this amazing, it's a small town thriller about a guy with like personality and the two personalities <laughs> don't know about each other. Time, You know, it's a very clever story and my friend wrote it uh, uh, with a, another fella. And um, basically the production company called Mandate Pictures, which was a big deal at the time, they had done Juno and The Grudge and like very different movies yeah the nutsh story in a nutshell is they didn't know how to market it or kind of what to do with it so it just went straight to dvd a fucking susan sarandon movie <laughs> it's like straight to dvd it's like it's it just got buried released as a um, a non-thing and and it's very it's a very particular kind of it's a creepy weird like art film drama you know it's got all these elements to it but it's incredibly well done the freaking cinematographer is uh, philippe russelo who won an academy award for River runs through it and he does all the Sherlock Holmes movies and stuff. So we're talking a list across the board and mm. yet this movie, nobody's ever heard of it. Yeah. You'd have to, it's on, it's on iTunes. Uh, you can rent it on iTunes or, you know, Apple, whatever, probably on Amazon and all that too. And it's good. It's, but it's, it's a very quirky thing. So that was my long winded way of saying me assisting him. I wasn't the assistant director, but I was his assistant, you know, just helping mm. him out, whatever I could do. Or, literally anything just to help him get his project done um that gave me insight into seeing a full-on hollywood production filmed remotely because they filmed it actually very near to where i live they filmed it in iowa or we filmed it in iowa and it was like holy shit this is a 10 to 20 million dollar project and i'm not saying it's easy i'm not overstating but i'm like this is exactly like it's the same military precision and military delegation as short films i've done mm. as the feature i did it's just on this massive scale. You you know, instead of telling person A, B, C, and D what to do, you tell department head A, B, C, and D what to do. And then mm. they have their workers doing all this kind of stuff. So it was a wonderful, first of all, I was very happy for my friend to have this, you know, uh, accomplish this amazing, getting this film done. But for me, it was this amazing, oh my God, it's all doable. You know, it's, it's all about scale. And I am, I could, I mentally, I know I could do this next level up now. I couldn't do a $200 million Marvel movie. You know, that's not, I'm not, that's yeah, yeah. anybody who says they could just step in and do one of those. No, but this, some doing something on the 10 to 20 scale is absolutely realistic. You know, the next step up from the things I've done before type thing, which is how I've always kind of wanted to work. But you guys got 10 or 20 million? I forgot to ask that. Should I have asked that earlier? Anybody got 10 to 20 million? Me, I, uh... wish you'd, I wish you asked me yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. I knew I should. I, I'm always sandbagging yeah. the wrong question. Sorry. Uh, spent Just spent oh. it. Rats. 
Well, so show us on show us on the doll exactly where Susan Sarandon touched you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. She was. Well, she was a character. Uh, I kind of. Well, this is. I don't know. I don't know who's going to hear this, but she, you know, nice enough person, all that kind of stuff. But there was a weird situation on this movie where Killian Murphy is the star of this movie, and you know he's in the new Oppenheimer movie. Mm-hmm. You guys know who he is, right? With yeah, uh, yeah, blinders, yeah, and all that, yeah. So just the nicest guy in the world. Spent a lot of, you know, just hanging out time with him. Nicest guy in the world. Well, he's this obviously very attractive, you know, he's a model, you know, he's got this very pure look with his you know, crystal blue eyes. Like, that's a good thing, whatever. Yeah, he's Aryan as fuck. (laughs) He's Irish Aryan. (laughs) But so the crazy thing is for this role, they did contacts. He had brown contacts in. They gave him like skin uh, roughness and all this so they, they were messing around with his you know his, his very pretty look and because of this he has this had this huge fan base they didn't want photography of him whatsoever so on the entire film set normally these days you know everybody's there this was in 2010 it was a while ago but still everybody you know with their camera phones running around so all photography was banned on the set except for three people the studio photographer but he was only shooting what the camera sees you know for production stills uh, the director's wife, you know, who's a professional in the industry too. She's an uh, assistant director on, you know, a lot of A-list films. And then myself, I was kind of the behind the scenes photographer of everything going on. So I got all these amazing, you know, some of the best photos I've taken are all production crew working, you know, the cranes and all the, you know, the cool stuff of extras and all that stuff. Well, at one point I kind of got the, the message was conveyed that, you know, don't take Susan Sarandon's photo. <laughs> don't, 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 you know, get in her face with a camera. And I'm like, well, that's fine. That's fine. I, you know, I wouldn't want to bug her or anything, you know? So now flash forward to, as we're in production, because I'm, I'm a photography nerd too. I have, I had, um, you know, high-end Nikon uh, DSLR type camera that I was shooting you know, with long lens and getting these killer shots. But then I bought a, brought along onto the set a vintage Polaroid camera. So I've got an old Polaroid camera with black and white film that's kind of when you take the film, then you have to peel it apart, you know, and you get a, yeah. a, and you just get this one unique thing that you have to get spot on. You know, there's no adjusting. Although the, the camera stuff. has, pardon? You hipster. I know. Well, <laughs> no, I'm a photographer, not a hipster, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so I only had a couple exposures of this thing. So every photo, Killian was totally just a real nice person. He actually posed for a couple things, but, you know, I, I did sample shots with you know a stand in all that kind of stuff well as i'm doing these photos and they were just, i'm sorry they were they're freaking cool they're just because they're it's just a different photo quality than you know a camera or a normal thing yeah. it's got different um bokeh to the lens and all these kind of cool things she kind of i've just started she's kind of like looking over oh, what are you guys shooting <laughs> i'm like oh really okay well that's kind of a cool camera you <laughs> know i'm like well, i'd take your picture but i know you don't want your picture taken oh oh okay I guess you could take my picture. <laughs> so there was a funny little, I never did get a good picture of her though. So that was the, that was the bummer. After all that, I, I, I think the one exposure I had left of her got blown out or whatever. So, but, but she was lovely, lovely, A-list celebrity, lovely, lovely person. Uh, but I think that was all again, another long winded story of uh, uh, movie production is doable. It's yeah. Doable. Too right, man. It's doable. I just, my biggest challenge is, you know, first of all, I have no idea where the money would come from. I I think I've never aspired to be, you know, part of the quote Hollywood system. Everything I've done has been independent and I would much rather, much rather make a movie, do what you want to do. And then you can sell it to the streamers or sell it to somebody for getting distribution. But the stories I've heard of people working, you know, quote in the system, it's like, 
you're just a cog in a machine and there's always a bigger cog that's going to say, nope, you know, we want to do this. Nope. <laughs> Can't afford, you're nope. Quite, you're, like you say, you're quite Northern America. Have you thought about getting hold of the um, Canadian lottery? Hadn't even because thought about that. Because they funded quite a few um, independent films. I remember right. They, had, they did one a few years ago. It was a French-Canadian film and it was a horror movie post-apocalyptic zombie film. I can't remember what it was cool, but it had like samurai swords in it and stuff. It was cool, man. And that was a um, Canadian okay. lottery-funded movie, if I remember right. So it might be worth getting a hold of them because obviously well, it's also a lot cheaper to film in Canada too. Yeah. Now, I'm guessing, though, we have a whole thing in the United States called film incentives where the, the states will pay you, like uh, they'll give you like 30 cents back on the dollar for whatever you spend. So literally, you know, if you get 50 on the dollar, all of a sudden, you know, your budget has doubled because you're getting half of it for free. Um, mm. The only thing I know is, at least in the States here, there's incredible restrictions on like, you know, where you do it and who uses it. And I can only guess that in, I'd have to be a Canadian citizen or something or or do it in. Do you think it's that or I have to be in Canada? I'd have to have know, a Canadian man. connection. Like if I found a Canadian producer, maybe they could hook that up. Or... Yeah. Yeah, there's gonna be some sort of connection, isn't yeah. there? Oh no, I'm noting it down though. That's a good, yeah. And that is the believe me. There's a whole if you start buying into the uh, everything, you know, all the emails and stuff you get. There's a, an entire system of trying to figure out film financing. And yeah. the problem is that's not my. I don't want to. I don't want to learn all that. I don't want to, you know, become a financier and all that. And but plenty of independent filmmakers have to do that. That's how you get it made. My real goal is to partner with a producer who that's their expertise, you know, and let me do my part. Have, and let them have do... you heard have you heard of SpectreVision? SpectreVision. Why does that sound familiar? Because they so... have like, an open policy for people to submit scripts and stuff like that to them. It's, it's run by um, Elijah Wood. Yeah. Yeah, and they do a lot of like... Um, co-op with that um streaming service shudder so they have like a lot of shudder originals on there and stuff yeah and people I'll are into, into cryptids and yeah people are into cryptid stuff man so people see that stuff they've got to jump on it because like you say there's already a built-in fan base they haven't got a, mm. it's not like, like you're making an original monster that you've got to yeah. like then try and sell to people you've already got something that has over a hundred years attached to it so it's exactly like, and by the way they've got a selling point and the crazy thing with all this cryptid stuff is it's not like copyrighted it's open source. It's now, and the 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 interesting um, caveat with Rhinelander, and I've asked several people. I haven't talked to lawyers, but my understanding is like like this crazy little hodag I have here. This is just a drawing. Anything there is only one image that the city owns, and it's a very particular. It, it's a it's a cartoon of the one that's in front of the place, but it's like that's the only quote copyrighted thing. So you can do any hodag whatsoever. You know, I could make a Bigfoot movie. I could make a Mothman movie. It's like people don't own these things because they're not invented. It's not like Mickey Mouse, you know. It's, yeah, it's folklore, isn't it? It's just open source public knowledge shit. <laughs> old open source. Very, very old <laughs> open source, you know, folklore. Yeah. But no, I'm going to look into that. And that's, so, you know, there's there are you can submit things to some production companies. You can do all, you know, there's there's various avenues in this. Um, the other, the one way I'd want to go almost more independent though, so many of these places, they'll want the script, but then they won't want you to direct or, you know, yeah. right. my, my friend Lander who did this Peacock movie, 
he he basically had to deal with they loved the script because it's a very clever inventive script and their number one thing is okay we'll buy it from you and he's like well no this is my ticket you know this is my opportunity so he i give him absolute props he stuck with it and you know hung on to his right to direct it you know and he did a great job it's just the tragedy is that it kind of got buried and you know went straight to video because mm-hmm. they I, I might be over he might correct me on this my um distant remembrance of this all was that they basically just then didn't want to let's say they spent 20 million on it they didn't want to invest another 50 million into publicity and promotion yeah. and, and prints and theater and stuff so they just said ah just you know let's just dump it to dvd and be done with it and i think we had one screening in hollywood you know in a theater and it was like you know so it was never released in theaters that kind of thing but it's a it's a crazy little thing that i think well you know it'll resurface one day as a who made this thing you know mm. Yeah, one of those cult classics. Yeah, yeah. And it is interesting. And that's because Killian's gotten so much bigger now, you know, with Oppenheimer. And, you know, he's been in a whole bunch yeah. of things. So yeah. I think there's, it's going to find all a crazy Christ- little. One of those Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah, yeah. He's in Inception. He's in, well, Peaky Blinders was huge. That was fun. Yeah, the Batman movie and that Dunkirk yeah. and. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you're Killian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 28 Days Later, classic. Oh, my God. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Danny Boy. Oh, and Sunshine. Sunshine's a good one. Yeah. 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 That's a creepy yeah. ass. Yeah. That's like yeah. a, a sci-fi Chris horror. That's... Yeah. 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 Which and is uh, when Danny Boyle. Yeah, Danny Boyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Brian, and the uh, physicist Brian Cox was the, um, the the guy on it. It was like with them. What do they call that? The dude who's there. Make sure you're not fucking getting anything wrong. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The expert, the, the yeah, he's the, he's the on stage expert. Like they yeah. go, like yeah, there you go. And they're like, yeah, cool, good movie. And aside right. that, that's got. Have you heard the soundtrack to Sunshine is incredible too. It's Underworld. Yeah. And they have just rock, yeah, wow, right. heavy guitar shit. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, Mogwai do some cool stuff like that as well. They've done some cool. Um, movie soundtracks is very much on the same sort of yeah it's a really good film that one yeah yeah very mm. ethereal and very philosophical too if you remember it's the remember the guy yeah. goes mad you know the captain goes mad and they all get fried by the freaking sun rays and stuff good stuff that's kind of horror yeah, sci-fi great, really. yeah it's got a bit of a uh, sort of yeah like killer on the loose in space kind of feel to it Sort of like a new done it in spice. Well, I like it. Yeah. It totally reminds me of there's a there any other sort of crypt. You froze up continue. there, sorry. That's all it's all good. Please continue, my friend. No, your your Wi Fi uh just dropped out a second there, Aaron. Yeah, and you went blurry. <laughs> Am I back? I yeah, think so. Yeah. <clears throat> Excellent. Yeah, continue continue, my dear friend. You saying what was you about to say, Aaron? Something about another cryptid or something? Oh yeah, would you do another cryptid movie after this one if it all went well? Um, you know that's a good question. I'm gonna say either I don't know or no because Excellent. I mean I just have such a personal connection to this one. Yeah, mm. kind of. So I don't I don't feel like all of a sudden I'm a cryptid guy or something. It's yeah. There's a funny genesis to this one is when I was um you know, making my other films and my uh, aunt lives in California, the sister of my mother, again, who was born in Rhinelander. 
she's like, I would kind of give her some credit. She's like, oh, Alex, you need to make a hodag movie. And I'm like, well, that's a good idea. And she goes, and you could have him be a happy little creature and he could play with the children and run around in the park. And I'm like, <laughs> no, he's a murderous fucking, <laughs> you know, he's, a, he's a dinosaur, you know, found in the woods. And oh, Alex, don't make a movie like that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not making Happy the Hodag the movie. You yeah. know? There is a Happy the Hodag. This nice woman named Jill has a product line of Happy the Hodag. And it's there's all sorts of people who have Hodag product lines. And she cleverly made this cute little character. And he plays with his white bulldog friend. And they're, it's for kids. And they she does like little kitty books. And it's fantastic. But that ain't my movie. You know? no. <laughs> so, so that said, it's like, no, mine's full on horror. It's gory. It's, you know, um, it's more action adventure, but there's full on gore. And, mm. you know, of course, people get eaten alive by the whole deck. That's always fun. Eaten, dot, dot, dot. I think, eaten alive. I just. Just for your aunt, you should have someone in a happy the hodag t-shirt get eaten by the hodag. <laughs> just getting mauled. Yeah, just absolutely torn. And what's left is a, the rag of the t-shirt, the blood on it. I yeah. do. I have to say, I do. I plant so many Easter eggs in my stories and in my movies and DVDs and all that kind of stuff. That it, The funny thing is, nobody gets 98% of them, but to me, they're hilarious. So That's like I name life. characters, I name characters after people I know. And even if their name isn't even on screen in the script, it's like, oh, that's so-and-so who's, you know, somebody I know and all these kind of things. So I did do something naming a character after my aunt. Not quite as, I like the idea better that it's somebody who gets bloody, you know, in an <laughs> ironic twist to that. But, um, but it's, I mean, so going back to, it's funny, I'm, I think this has been a bizarrely like a passion of mine for so long. So I don't think I'm qualified to like, if somebody said, oh, now let's do a Mothman movie, it'd be like, you know, I'm not saying I turned down an offer to do something like that, but I don't know that cryptid movies would be my thing. I'm not against doing that, but mm. this one definitely, it's a weird thing. This is, I've got a couple other scripts that I've written, one of which called Nefarious. I like that word and unfortunately there's a brand new movie that just came on a pay-per-view called nefarious i'm like fuck. <laughs> i've, I've registered i have the copyright on this thing or whatever but you can you that doesn't stop somebody from naming the movie exactly the same and that one just a quick pitch on that this is about um um there's a point to this uh it's about a guy whose wife dies and after coming she was in italy visiting her family so he goes back there to bury her in italy with her family stuff and he basically finds that she had a second a double life and she had a lover and there's all this stuff going on so he goes in this whole what i like to call a dante inferno-esque journey through the italian seedy underworld kind of a criminal underground and it, it's kind of a, i call it a spiritual thriller because there's a lot of creepy shit going on and my intention is to you know, it's not like it's supernatural, but is it? It's like, did that just happen? Or, you know, is this just weird shit? Or is this like, you know, satanic shit? Or what's going on? And then his his daughter gets kidnapped in the middle of this. So he's on this uh, Inferno-esque journey going literally deeper and deeper into the uh, Italian underground to save his daughter and her eternal soul. So um, at a point to this, oh, that, so it's funny, even after I, when I finished writing this movie, just as the same thing when I finished writing the Hodag one, only in retrospect, literally, I'm like looking at it and analyzing things. And I'm like, holy shit, this is I'm telling about, you know, X experience I had or something. And you just you're unaware of it sometimes in the writing process that you're actually telling a story that is something that you 100 percent either experienced or related to. And what I didn't realize is I had these Italian relatives who were telling me all these stories about they're from uh, Turin, Italy. 
And it turns out, turn, and which I visited many, many, you know, many, many times. And they're like, it's literally considered one of the gateways to hell. And there's, there's Satanism and witchcraft in the city. And like, they'll point to statues and like, that's not an angel. That's Satan on top of the statue. It's, it's an angel wow. carrying fire, carrying luce. He's a carrier of uh, light. He's a Lucifer, if you will. <laughs> I mean, all this kind of stuff. So it's like, I, I just, I, just talking about the writing process, it's funny how you look at things later and it's like, holy cow, that's incredibly personal. And I didn't realize it was when I was doing it. It's only in retrospect, do I then armchair psychoanalyze it and go, holy shit, that was, I was, you know, dealing with some other issue or dealing with something that I didn't know I was doing whatsoever. So back to the, your question about that is like, I don't know if I, you know, I have no connection to the Mothman or to the Squantpalooza mm -hmm. or whatever. So it's like, I, I guess I don't know that I could say I would, I'd need a personal connection to something. Yeah. That said, if somebody just walked up and said, we'll give you a hundred grand. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Here's a bag of money. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> against that. I'm against that. But, it's, but all the stuff I've written, and that's probably a separate writing thing from directing. Well, even the, the feature I did, I... I wasn't the writer of it, but I got involved heavily with the two writers rewriting it because it's got to make sense to you as a director. You can't direct somebody to do a scene or dialogue that doesn't make sense to you. Or, you know, if the story doesn't make sense, you can't direct it. You got to get involved. And that's actually after I did that feature, that's what prompted me to become a writer because there's just so much time invested. You know, any movie project you take on, it's going to be a year to two years, you know, with post-production and everything, which is great. But you got to love it. You can't, you know, just, life's too short to try and sign on to projects that are going to take forever. And it's like some stupid, uh, you know, mm. so it's all decisions. decisions. I just, just want to get shit made. You can't really be one foot in on these sort of big product yeah. productions. I mean, you can, but then it's shit. That's, that's why I think we see crappy movies where just they bring somebody on. They do, oh, here's the story. Do it and we direct it. And it's like. Yeah, we directed what was on the page, and okay, that's great. That's a nice C-level movie that nobody cares about or will ever want to see again. And everybody made you know their money, and they went home, and who cares? I don't want to spend my life doing that. You know, we, well, I'd rather make something that people think is fucking cool. You yeah. know, or that want to see it again, or you know, we'll see. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to it, man. Mm. I've got, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a good feeling about it. I reckon the whole dag's gonna uh, take off. I, I just, I still got it. That's my quandary right now is how to, you know, I, I'm doing Instagram stuff. I'm doing, you know, I got my promo materials and stuff. I got a website out there, odagthemovie.com, which I, I've misquoted the, the, the address several times, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's trying, you know, it's, I'm, I'm a little bit of a believer in that you just got to put it out there in the fucking universe of, you mm. know, Let's just get this thing rolling. You know, nobody's getting any younger and, you know, life's short. It's just, I really want to make this thing. So why not? Let's, and so many, I've, I've, another real weird benefit of this is just, you know, it's like sitting here talking to you guys is a blast. I've just, the people you run into just to talk about stuff, you just, it's absolutely fun. You know, mm. why not? Why not listen to other people and uh, make connections and uh, have some freaking fun? Exactly that, man. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I reckon, you know, good luck to you. And I'm sure someone's going to want to pick it up. They've got to. 
it's fucking hodag for fuck's sake <laughs> exactly well and the crazy thing is like all of a sudden i could pick up because i you know read the hollywood the reporter and the trades and stuff i could pick it up and say so-and-so hodag movie in production it'd be like what the fuck you know what i mean because mm. i don't own rights to anything i mean yeah. all i own is my script and part of me is like this is so ripe it's like i gotta get the right people to go on this because you know everything cryptid is kind of exploding right now this mm. is the time to do yeah. it so yeah, which is good yeah. but but i have no uh, on a note like this i mentioned this um uh performer guy uh, jerry scheidel he's uh, the former mayor of rhinelander he's like oh you got to read my book i wrote a book an action adventure about the hodag and i'm like well that sounds good but i'm like i'm not gonna read it just yet because <laughs> i'm writing i've got my script written and i don't want to steal your ideas or anything like no. that there's you know intellectual property mm. issues and all that kind of stuff but but if you start looking into it, there's numerous stories out there and, um, you know, other people have sent me scripts kind of stuff, which again, I'm like, well, you can't, what is it called? You can't receive unsolicited material because then you're liable for taking their ideas, that kind of things. But it's, I'm, I'm not the first to uh, think that, wow, this would be a cool movie idea, but I definitely want to be the first to actually come out with one. Yeah. That said, there is another Hood Egg movie out there. I'm just remembering that. There's a short, isn't there, I believe? There's a feature. Oh, there's a feature. Oh, is there? There's a feature called, and it's a tongue twister, it's Backwoods Bloodbath, Legend of the Black Hood Egg. Okay. And my understanding is, so I've seen it, I have it. Um, it's not that it's, it, it's not the movie that I would make. And the sad thing, what I think is the sad thing about it is, it's not really about the Hood Egg. It's like a slasher movie that takes place in the woods some guy's running around with a you know a machete and kind of a black mask with dreadlocks murdering teenagers who you know show their boobs in the shower yeah. and you know there's some there's some it's not that it's horrible but it's like it's not about the hodag it's it's got almost they're they're in a bar and they like see the classic image on the wall and they talk about the legend of the hodag or something like that but i'm like I don't there's, there's no hodag lore in the movie whatsoever it's like by somebody who just heard about it and like oh let's make this teen slasher movie yeah you know? and so so and that's not people's attention yeah and i think you know maybe they thought they had a built-in audience or whatever and I, you know it's a low budget i it's on a like compilation dvd of other movies and i guess a key thing this brings up is that my goal to do this is to literally serve gene shepherd's original vision the whole thing reason he came up with the hodag was to drive tourism to Rhinelander. He was a, uh, it was called a land cruiser, but he was basically this, it was this job, a timber. He could look at a valley, you know, a whole section of trees and tell you how many two by fours you could get out of there. Like exactly. That was his claim to fame was mm. he was this analyzer and could estimate these things. And somehow in this thing, he was this crazy character. There's a guy who wrote a book um, called long live the hodag who I met at this festival thing, but I, uh, yeah. Clown Brian Clufferdorf, I can't remember his name exactly. Google it. Um, and he basically tells the story of Gene Shepard, who was kind of a crazy person. He, he was sink or swim. He was either making money and doing great or being arrested for being drunk in public. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's kind of all over the place. And um, yeah, so he, uh, uh, what was I saying about the, uh, the the book? I can't remember now. Um, um, I went on a tangent. Who knows what I was saying? The brain. It just farts on me sometimes. Uh, Rem uh, Bob, remind the tape. Let's get a recall on there. Let's have feed me a line. Feed me a line. <laughs> my, my dog's not helping me at all. She's ignoring me. That's all right. uh, anyway. Uh, what kind of dog you got? Uh, Husky. 
Oh, nice. nice. And she's beautiful. And she uh, leaves she hair everywhere. Like... Pardon? Does she leave hair everywhere? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> for some reason, even though it's hot summer, she hasn't started shedding, which is insane because she's got this massive uh, fur coat on still. Uh, but when she starts shedding, it's just like the fur explodes everywhere. Mm. And what's funny is she usually, it's usually a pain if I'm trying to do something like this. She comes up next to me and starts howling because <laughs> she can't fit. She can't figure out what I'm doing. I'm just being loud in a room, you know, as far as she can tell. I don't think she sees the screen, but she somehow has ignored me this entire time. Timber. That was what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Oh, Timber. You, Jim Shepard, the, the stuff of the Timber. The, the it was a Timber cruiser. Stuff. Yeah, he was always um, either doing really well or really shit. He was. And I can never, um, I was going somewhere. Here, wait, she's tied up. Let me grab her real quick. No, Luna Bird, right. come here. What are you saying? I don't know got him. But I had a point to that. And I can't remember what it was. Come here, let's see. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> Special guest star. What do you say to him? What do you say? Do you have something to say? What do you say? What do you say? I'm beautiful wise. <laughs> of course she's uh, not gonna say anything now. What do you say? Come on, you have something to say? What do you say? Say it in the microphone. What do you say? <laughs> Luna, what do you say? What do you I'm say? not your performing monkey. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a bit of a biatch. Oh, oh, she's gonna rip off my microphone. Oh, All right. she disconnected me. Luna, what do you say? Can you sit? What do you say? She usually talks a lot. Sit, sit. What do you say? What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> right. Who's making who perform? Never work with animals. <laughs> yeah, never, never. She's doing it on purpose. Of course she is. Of course she is. She's a pill. There you go. <laughs> Could you hear that? Yeah. I have oh. worked with kids, and oh my oh. god, we had a crazy stuff where we had this scene where there's supposed to be this abusive father yelling and screaming at these kids, and it's like they were all game for it, but in the middle of it, you're like, "Am I causing these kids trauma?" <laughs> they know we're acting. We've discussed it. They're friends. This guy's the nicest guy in the world. Yet he, I had him taking a cigarette, like he's because he burns the kids with the cigarette. He's like. Rah! Stuff in the middle of it, I'm like, well, let's just keep going. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> we'll worry about the they trauma later. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll have to, I should check in with them. That was a couple years back. I'll have to see if they see if they're in therapy or. I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure they're fine. Just rocking back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> did, what did Alex do to me? What did Alex do to me? Uh, but I, I have I have one word that I have to drop on you. A fact to clarify something you guys were talking about in one of your other podcasts. Mm. Oh, in the um, in the cancer one, Scarelli. Scarelli. Oh, was that his name? It was. And yeah, you had I the best it. quote. You one of you had said the best thing. You're like, he's got a bit of a cunt face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, though. He does. Oh, and he's a fucking asshole. I saw a whole documentary on that guy, and he is. He's a fucking cunt. He's like literally, you know, why wouldn't I charge him? If I had, if I could go back in time, I'd just charge more even, you know, it's like, he's just a bad person. He did some crazy, did you hear about the thing with him and the Wu-Tang Clan? 
there's a whole yeah uh, there's a a great show over here which i don't know if you can find online called vice or vice tv and they do these investigative reports and it's kind of alternative journalism they win all sorts of awards it's absolutely straight up with without really political bias but they they do these series of like investigating uh you know corruption and this kind of thing well they did a whole uh documentary on this guy uh martin scarelli or whatever the pharma bro and he basically, so he's making all this money and then he's just living in this like shitty little apartment, but he's got all this money and he bought a, a limited edition album. Basically Wu-Tang Clan put out an album of one, like there's only one recording of it and you you yeah. couldn't get it online or anything. I remember hearing about this. Yeah. yeah. He's the one that bought it. Fucker. So he paid a million bucks for like this one CD. That's the only copy of this stuff. And then he got into beef with them because he started insulting them. And it's like, yeah, these guys are badasses. You know, I mean, they are they're really like former gangsters. I mean, they're just really badass individuals or creative musicians and all that. And he's just a douchebag, you know, who is kind of clever and figured out how to make some money. Mm. And at the end of the day, I think when he went bankrupt and everything went crazy in his life, all of his artwork and this thing, it's apparently just sitting in like a holding locker, you know, the evidence locker or something. This this uh, apparently incredible one-off album by Wu-Tang Clan. Who we decided to piss off. Yeah. <laughs> and and from, from what I understand, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. No, this is, no. This is what I They're hear. Like real gangbangers. Yeah. yeah, they have history. Yeah, oh yeah. And why would you? I mean, and he's just, he's just a douchey little, yeah. He's a bad. Yeah. He's a bad one. He, he he looks a bit like if one of like the Colkin brothers had AIDS. <laughs> he, he's got that kind of sort of like gaunt, evil kind of like if Cillian Mur- Killian Murphy had an evil twin. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and like one of those and a, and a shitty comb over. When you see someone in their late twenties of a comb over, you're like, oh, you're shady. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's a he's a pedo in training. Yeah, he probably got that touching kids. I don't know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, he's watching the kids. You know, Ooh, I wish I was yeah. touching. Ooh, I was touching there. I was well, coming there. in South Park. It was like I'm above the law. Oh, he squeezes his head. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Over again. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. That is funny. Yeah, it's really that was it. I knew he had a stupid name. I know. <laughs> He just there's it's he's all wrong. He's all wrong. Yeah, it's like someone said to me like if someone said to me, "Oh, I got orders from Michael Screlly." I'd be like, "Is that a name you just made up? Are you bullshitting me?" I know. (laughs) Did you mean to say Skrillex and you got it wrong? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Well, the one thing I think I was going to throw out is you guys were hitting on a a lot of themes in that one about just the freaking corporate, you know, madness and. There was a wonderful documentary I saw uh, a few years back called The Corporation. And oh, it was yeah. All, it's, yeah, it's all about the history of how corporations are into being. And some I can't remember the details, but it all has to do with, this is in, the Amer- in America, of course, but it had something to do with the railroads. And there was something by, by making corporations, and then we've given them the rights of people. In the United mm. States, corporations have rights like people do, which is insane. Um, it's just, it's unbridled greed. That's well, the, the, that... the railroads really kicked, particularly in the West, that really kicked up the sort of like Chinese slave trade going on and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't know, you just, you can go down a path of that stuff that's just, you know, it's everything is built on that. And I, I tell you, almost anything you can find wrong in the world, it actually comes straight back to its corporate greed. Because, and the one well, thing you guys tapped yeah. into, 
That is what one of my mantras is. The, I, I, you know, it's a trick question I'll ask people and you guys already have stated the answer, but I'll say, you know, what is the goal of the corporation? And they'll say to make more money. And it's like, no, 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 to make money. It's like, no, no, no. It's to make more money. Mm. No matter how much money they make the next year, they have to make more money. Yeah. You know, they, they you know, like Apple makes, you know, billions and billions in profits and they say, man, but you could have made more. Yeah. Should have made more. Should have made more. And yeah. it's like last year we made 41 billion. This year it's 39 billion. That's not good. It's like, that's pretty so, good. Yeah. <laughs> and then it tanks. Yeah. And it's some fucking analyst. It's some guy in a room saying, hey, you should have done better. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. that's a whole, I, anybody, I, I don't believe anybody who, any analysts of stocks and any of that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm into all that stuff. But if that person knew what they were doing, the person who wants me to buy their advice, they wouldn't be, they'd be making their own money. They'd be making, they'd be making hand over fist if they knew what the answer was. They don't know yeah. what the answer is. Yeah. It's gambling. It's all gambling. It's high-end gambling. I'll leave them to it. Yeah. <laughs> over in my little corner of the world i'm like oh fuck all that Ooh, can i give you my one uh i have a one takeaway thought on if uh if your your question of that episode if um if the um pharmaceutical companies have the cure to cancer or not yeah go, go ahead man my, oh. my one my one sentence takeaway is i don't think they actually do i liked mm. your guys's reasoning that it's way too complex you know they they almost couldn't but here, my thinking, my anti-conspiracy theory thinking is, if they did have it in all of this, you know, in some massive Merck or, you know, these massive companies, there would be at least one, one um, you know, sanctimonious scientist or some, you know, Puritan who would leak it or who would, you know, leak it to somebody who would basically say, you know, uh, we'll, we'll give it to the world or we'll make short-term money as opposed to long-term money of, you know, treatment, treatment, treatment. And somehow in the, you know, in the greatest conspiracy theories, I don't think, you know, millions of people working in pharmaceutical could keep it all a secret. There would be uh, one same. person who would, who would leak it out mm. for free or for profit and, you know, get it out there. So it's, yeah, it just it's, like, un... it's like what we say of the, uh, the moon landing, people say like, oh, there would have to be like hundreds of thousand people in on it. It's like, well, no, something like the moon landing, you could just have like a few people in on it and have everyone else thinking they're working on it and everything like that. But with something like this, all those doctors, all those pharmacists, these are people who have family members of cancer. They're not going to sit there and go, oh, I'll let my family. The reason I got into cancer research because my wife died of cancer, you know, and, and stuff like and, this. And they're not going to sit there and go, oh, I could save my kids, but... <laughs> That Christmas bonus is looking to make it some money. Well, and that's the difference. It's the people that would be keeping the secret are the corporate people, the yeah. doctors. These people get into medicine because not to get rich. Well, yeah, they, these are know, the people who actually know what they're looking for. The corporate people, they don't know what they're, they don't, they they don't probably know. can't even spell yeah. cancer. They're the but, ones saying make more and more and more. Yeah, mm. that, that, that's yeah. that something like that. Like you're right, it's it's too much of an altruistic field. To there be would be one altruist. There has there would be at least one person there going, I don't care if they kill me. I will mm. release this to the public yeah. so somebody can be, you know, even one individual gets cured by this. You know, there would be that person somewhere yeah. in the mix. So. But we've also got gene evolution as well. Like if Even if we did come up with a cure for cancer, it will find a way to be, to become immune to our cure. Yeah. And we'll Soon have to enough. find something. We'd have to find something else. It's so adaptive. It's just like you'd just be constantly chasing it. Even if you found a cure, it'd be yeah. a temporary one because it would yeah. evolve. Because this is, we, sound, we saw the same with COVID. You know, it was like, here's yeah. the vaccine, but it will mutate because of it. it. Mutates, and, yeah. and just the same thing. So it's like, yeah, it could be an a unending chase, but a yeah. valiant one nonetheless. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, we got it. Yeah, you got to try. But it's funny when you just throw out the moon landing. I got a, a movie reference back. Did you guys ever see Capricorn One? Years and years ago. That was a Did cool you ever movie. see it, Chris? I've not. No, I've not. So the That's premise, one, yeah, it's a freaking fantastic movie. And the premise is that they launch, they launch a, a, a mission to, is it moon or the Mars? Mars, I can't remember. Uh, Mars, I think. I think it's Mars, yeah. And they yeah. basically, I can't remember what the exact rationale is, but they end up having to fake it. <laughs> and all the, ab, all the astronauts are like, fine, we'll fake it. And they jump around on a soundstage and show it in slow motion. So they're on Mars. And it's all like, somehow they're all on board. Like, well, we don't want to do this, but we have to. Maybe it's to get funding or something stupid like that. Well, but they literally launched a rocket. Well, as the actual rocket is coming back, there's a malfunction and the rocket explodes on re-entry. So all of a sudden they go, the astronauts go, wait a second, <laughs> we died in that rocket. If we're buying into this, it's like, yeah. they're going to kill us. <laughs> so the three, the, the uh, three or three or four, whatever it is, um, Martian astronauts or whatever, to have to escape from this place they're being held in the desert where they were faking all this shit. And it's, you know, them trying to track them down. And it's, it's kind of, a, it's a good movie. It's a good action yeah, 70s action yeah. movie. It's got a whole sort of like Logan's Run kind of thing. You know, there was a lot of like yep. dystopian chase movies in those days that you're yep. soiling green and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Although this one is just totally, there's no tech yeah. besides the rockets. There's no, you know, it's not futuristic really. But do you yeah. remember, do you remember who there's a crazy yeah, cameo cool who movie. one of the, um one of the astronauts is? Oh, no, who, who is it? I want to say the main one is like I don't know, some freaking 70s actor who's in everything. But one of the three astronauts is OJ fucking Simpson. Fantastic. <laughs> <You know. laughs> and honestly, he does a good job. <laughs> he, he's not bad as an actor in that. You know, he's, he, he did those. God, stupid oh, right. The guy can act his way out of murder. He's pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a little stabby at some point. He's a little he gets to some, you know, yeah. he gets mad. You know, don't piss him off. <laughs> don't piss him off. But it's like, yeah, keep, it's keep weird Oscar, seeing him in that context. He'll avoid 25 to life. <laughs> <laughs> and got played uh, by Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. Oh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. Oh, he will rip your head off, I tell you. He's a, he's a minx. He's a little minx. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah. So I have to ask another question about the Titanic one. Mm. Go for it. I love it. Yeah. You guys referred to something. Now, I, I didn't watch this, but you, so you, have you seen the documentary about the fire, uh, the smoldering fires? You mentioned it. In your I mentioned, analysis. yes. Apparently there was, there was a fire in one of the coal chambers before yeah. it even left. Um, Which was like smoldering for days. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. I had, I've, I saved a documentary and it's literally from like five years ago on my freaking like DVR system. And I forgot to, I, I plan to rewatch it before our conversation today, but my remembrance of it was that it's not, it doesn't really even fall into conspiracy theory type. It's just an explanation that gets totally overlooked mm. that the heat of that, like weakened all sorts of bulkheads. Yeah. And it's like all this other thing, none of it, it wouldn't have sunk if there hadn't been this fire that was out of control mm. and in this, in a, like a low volume out of control mm. thing, you know, it's not like it was mm. a raging inferno, but it was heating up these sections that made them incredibly vulnerable. And had somebody taken the time to extinguish that thing before they sailed, there wouldn't have been a thing yeah. when it sunk. Yeah. And yeah. apparently and the, um... and the problem is, is the only way you can put those fires out is by trying to smother them with coal. So they're literally loading <laughs> yeah. on coal and coal and coal. And it's like, Oh my God, why isn't this thing going out? It's like, Oh, yeah. wonder. 
And no, but if you put cold. a little gas, <laughs> put a little gas on it too. Yeah. That actually helps. Little little mm. liquid gas that that'll douse it. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah man. <laughs> so, Far, I, apparently, I mean, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the episode, but there's pictures off the wreckage, like you know, the bottom of the the Atlantic, and apparently the. You'd think if it hit an iceberg, it would be imploded, wouldn't you? Like the damage. But apparently it is actually going out as if. Really? Yeah, apparently, yeah. And I have seen some pictures, but you know it's like on the internet, you whether it's a real picture or not. But yeah, yeah. It's it's very it's quite interesting. Yeah. At the end of the it's like all the they're fascinating to look at, you know. It's mm. like I actually appreciate it in when you guys are going through these things. Luckily, I was saying to myself, oh, good, these aren't a bunch of crazy motherfuckers. But it's like, it's just, it's refreshing to, it was refreshing to hear, you know, just an analysis of it and, you know, just logical conclusions and mm. and the disclaimers of, yeah, we're not scientists. <laughs> Talk about things. Far but, from it. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, what do you, what do you guys think of when you listen to like Joe Rogan or any of that, you know, kind of ilk of people just espousing everything? Doesn't yeah, I love me some. I love me some Joe Rogan. I, Do I you? Like that, yeah, I like that he's sort of he's out there, but at the same time he's the same sort of like us. If you show him that he's wrong, he'll just be like, "Oh, okay, okay." Enough. He so really wants to believe at... in UFOs, though, doesn't he? Oh, he really he does. Really he wants to but, believe. <laughs> but even he's not buying into all this new stuff. He's like, "It's too good to be true." He was like, <laughs> "It's just, it's too wrapped up in a bar," and I'm like, "Yeah, I agree." It's just the government going, oh yeah, it could be that. It's like, oh yeah, good at <laughs> easing us, easing us into it, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Now here's it. Here's a little question for both of you. Have you ever seen a UFO? No, not me. I've, I've seen stuff that I couldn't say what it was, but I can definitely say it wasn't a, a spaceship filled of aliens. Mm, sure. Yeah, you know, but every now and then we'll say something and we're like, oh, I'll never know. Like the, yeah. the little childish bit in, in me sits there and goes, Oh, maybe it's aliens, but then like, <laughs> the, 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 rest, the rest of me is like, It's probably just a shot down plane, yeah, which is more likely. Let's be honest. What about yourself? I saw you something. Know, Have you now? But I'll, I'll do the exact same. My disclaimer is, I'm not saying it's an alien, I just saw something that was really weird. So, I was this is when I was living in California and I was dating a girl in Arizona. So it was like a I don't know, like five or six hour drive between that the two. That is weird. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was out of this world. Um, but so basically, I'd commute back and forth, or we'd you know take turns commuting, which was all fun. Um, but and I love that—just a long drive straight through the desert. It's absolutely you know, it's almost no cities. It's just a shot through the desert. And one time horse I was leaving. No what? The horse of no name. <laughs> oh, she had a name. Um, but. I was leaving once and then I remember I'm driving along about 10 minutes or whatever, half an hour outside of Phoenix. And I saw something was coming at me flying like a plane. And I remember, oh, this little plane's coming. And it looked like a crop duster because it had lights on either end. And it was coming kind of, you know, way in the distance, but I could see it was coming in my direction. This is my perception of it, that it, that that's what it was. And as it was coming, like coming, coming, then it kind of did these, like, like if it was coming at me like this, then it was it was twinking and then it was like went, and I'm like well plane can't fucking do that because it didn't swoop up or something so it was like getting it was like or smaller getting bigger and then it like did like this weird thing and I remember just going I literally cannot explain what I just saw and I tried to get a camera I always have camera on me by the time I got the camera out and powered up 
it was gone or whatever. So the whole incident, I'm going to say was like 15 seconds. I'm not saying it was an alien spaceship. I'm just saying I have no, and this pre-drone, now I could say a drone could kind of do that. Mm-hmm. But this was probably, you know, 15 years ago or something. And it didn't freak me out or anything. I was just like, I literally, my brain can't compute what I just saw. And I can't come up with a reasonable whatever. So I guess it was unidentified. I'm not saying it's an alien, but mm-hmm. I don't, something. Yeah, there's weird stuff out there, man. Yeah, I love it. I and there's love... there's military stuff in the area. Maybe it yeah. was an early drone of some sort that, yeah. or a copter type something. I don't know what it was, but it was yeah. it was weird. I'm just like, wow. And it's when you're in those situations. I mean, I think we've been in those situations where like you're driving at night and you see something. And you're like, holy shit, that's a oh, it's just a car. <laughs> it's like <laughs> until your brain can get to what it is, you have this moment of holy fuck, I'm seeing the apocalypse. Oh no, it's just a dog. You know. <laughs> So we've, we've all been there, man. Oh yeah. Those little I, views and shots. I remember when I was younger watching, um, that Val Kilmer movie with, um, Michael Douglas, um, uh, ghost in the darkness about the hunter who goes to Africa to hunt those two man eating lions. Oh, well, I don't see that one. That's a good movie. And then like a little while afterwards, I was walking to school and a deer walked past, but in the corner of my eye, all I saw were these, sort of golden brown shoulder blades through the air. And straight away, I was like, it's a fucking tiger. I'm about to die. This is oh, it. I'm going to get eaten by a lion. In the, in, the, in the middle of Kent. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, you see it's a deer and you think, oh, nice. oh, it's not a lion. Turns out I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> well, it's like when you, you before you watch the scary movie, you're not worried about, you know, a demonic possession in the corner of the room. And then you watch a scary movie. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like, we might be being influenced by what we're seeing. Now, I did have one other weird one. I was laying on the floor watching TV. So I'm laying on my back, you know, looking up at the TV. And I can't remember. It was something. It wasn't necessarily. It was a scary-ish movie, but it wasn't like a ghost movie. And as I'm laying there, I shit you not, a hand reached and like grabbed my shoulder. And I froze. And I was like, that's not nothing. That's a hand on my shoulder. It was like coming over my shoulder going like, and I was like, I like shit a brick. And I jumped up and turned around. Of course, there was nothing there. And I went, what the f-? And I had to just think, I was like, my brain was exploding with, I 100%, I physically felt that. There's no way that didn't just happen. Mm. And then I, I got the crazy idea. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to remi- rewind whatever I was watching. So I took it back a couple minutes and I laid down again. And the same thing happened. And what it was, was I didn't realize like two feet behind me was the big subwoofer. And it was the feeling of a blow, like you couldn't hear it, but it did a boom out the subwoofer and a sound wave hit me like hard. And it, my, my brain said it was a hand, but it wasn't, yeah, it was the yeah. sound, you know, it was like, it's like if you did a smoke ring, you know, it yeah, went yeah, boom, yeah. Boom, and float over this. I mean, I was just laughing out loud at myself. I'm like, holy shit. My mind went to crazy ghost immediately. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing sound what wave. your mind jumps to, you know, yeah. the conclusions it comes to yeah. straight away. It's. Yeah, and in the moment, I'm like, ghosts are real. Ghosts are real. Ghosts yeah, yeah, are yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, and, and this whole time, it was your own hand. It was. <laughs> We've made it. <laughs> I grabbing myself. Uh, I felt. I filed charges. I filed charges. Me yeah. too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> good times good times what about what do you guys have coming up what's your what's on your agenda for your uh your podcast 
Uh, we... what, what big topics do you have coming up? I think our next episode, we've got, we're just having a casual one with superfan Rob. Um, and who else? We've got someone. Who's the We've got some Bigfoot. Yeah, we've got uh, a dude who, so... writes, who writes books about Bigfoot. Yeah. He wants to come on. That'll be quite cool. We've got another dude who's into like Gaia and stuff and like nature and sort of looking into like he, he sort of sees a lot of things like the philosophy of things like he'll see like Bigfoot and be like it's actually like like symbolism of something else and like he goes into like the Bible a lot and he talks about like how the Bible stories actually mean something else and that we use images and monsters for storytelling because it's easier and they've always done it, and that's what... Yeah, that, that sort of stuff. He's very much into that kind of stuff. He goes into a lot of that sort of detail. Very... Sounds like a clever that guy. Sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got some pretty cool stuff. He's got a podcast called Tracing Owls, which is a... And speaking of podcasts, shout out to our mate Paul, who's a, today found out that his podcast, Beyond the Paradigm, is number 20 on the science chart in Spotify. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a not bad pool. Well done, Paul. Yeah, wow, wow, popular. He's popular. Yeah, popular. hopefully we'll get some of that money and we can start uh, bankrolling the whole dag. Well, come on, Paul. You don't need all that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start paying your guests. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> How did you guys? Uh, did you find me? You must have been through Instagram. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think we added up like. We like followed the Hodag store, and I think underneath when it comes up, recommended pages with this one. I think it just came up saying Ho Hodag the movie, and I was yeah. just immediately like, Well, that's happening, yeah, oh, yeah, not missing, yeah. yeah, not missing out on that, yeah. And everybody should go to hodagthemovie.com and sign up for the email on the website. Not that I have anything to send, my uh, my original premise was setting that up before that um hodag heritage festival because mm. then I'd, i'll be able to show investors how many people are you know excited about this yeah, and yeah, want to yeah. see a movie so after the festival guess how many emails i had lined up 15 <laughs> three of which were people i already knew um the real lesson i mean there was so much enthusiasm but the lesson is you know i gave people i had my i had my flyers Mm. I had my I had stickers I have all this kind of stuff people just don't follow up on anything you know what I mean it's like it, that's why political people make you sign their petition at the thing you know if they give you the flyer you know who's going to go home and log on and sign up you know very yeah, small exactly. percentage so everyone's everyone's polite when you're handing it to them of course, oh, of course. I'll, I'll definitely check out your show yeah, yeah cool. Cool. Oh, you know. I'll see you there we'll see you there yeah I'll, I'll totally yeah. be at your kid's funeral yeah good kid good kid we miss him yeah yeah um, yeah <laughs> so my I lesson missed, almost missed him by an inch I know, just <laughs> buff it would have missed him by more yeah. he'd still be here son of a bitch yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, walk on the left, not look right, mind the gap. I don't know, yeah. one, of those, one of those. I think my let my personal lesson learned was you can't, you know, people just don't follow up on that. And next year, I need to get a booth at this thing because it's again, it's yeah. unless something, unless we get into yeah. production this fall, which you never know. But yeah, I got to get a booth, got to, you know, why not patronize them and then have a sign up thing there, you know, have, uh, you know, freebies, giveaways, all the kind of good, the marketing stuff, which is yeah. my, not really yeah. that into doing all that stuff, but it's part of the hustle, you know, you got to. 
Got to get the word out there somehow. Well, we'll do our part. We'll mm, you know yeah. do our little bit, get the Absolutely. word out. And, yeah, so, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll put a few posters up on the elder page and the Insta, Twitter and stuff, and you know mm. we'll, we'll remind people. And yeah. there's a bunch. We know a bunch of other cryptid um pages. Have you heard of Cryptid Cocktail Party? No, no. What's that? That's a, that's a um yeah that's a good um podcast to get onto. They're getting quite popular, mm. and he, he loves the old ho dag and that lot. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah that's a good one to check out. Yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll pluck the yeah, shit out of this. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, yeah. that's definitely appreciated, man. Definitely, definitely. And you may get a role in the movie. You never know. Well, couple <laughs> handsome Brits. <laughs> Again, if you know two, you could recommend. Yeah. <laughs> if, you could, if you have a couple, you could recommend. That would be great. <laughs> oh man. So, so, where can people find you online, my brother? So yeah, it's either at hodagthemovie.com. Uh, I guess on Instagram, it's at hodagthemovie. And then the kind of mothership site is suction.com, S-U-K-T-I-O-N.com. But that's not, um, I'm in the middle of refurbing that. It's all very uh, old webby, you know, I got to, but that has yeah. the full backlog of catalogs and stuff. Or if you just pop my name into um, IMDb, you can see all my credits and there's some in some of the short films you can see on IMDb or I have a YouTube channel. I don't know if you just search suction, I think on YouTube and my name on IMDb. Well, uh, I'll stick a bunch of links in the description anyway, mm-hmm. so people can uh, just oh, cool. Awesome. That's go, cool. They can just scroll down, click on it and find you. Yeah. That'd be nice and easy. Yeah. yeah, man. And I'll do the same thing in my, I'm trying to get to updating the page to put links to podcast interviews I've done and stuff. So I'll put one for you guys on there. Oh, thank you very much. Cheers, man. Cross populate and stuff. I keep mm. seeing you, you guys' posts. You're getting more popular. You're getting popular. Yeah, getting, getting there. there. Getting there. You're yeah. hitting landmarks, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How man, long I have you guys been doing this now? Since January, wasn't it? Oh, this year? Yeah. yeah February fifth yeah. was our first. Oh, February fifth. Yeah. But you have, and you have like twenty six episodes or something already. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing one a week so far, and oh, yeah, shit. we've we've just. Yeah, no, we've been been doing well, really. Like to be honest, oh we never God. we never set out to like it wasn't like we're gonna do one a week sort of thing. It's just yeah. the way it was panned out. But yeah, no, we've been oh, that's freaking fantastic. Yeah, no, I've been enjoying it really, and yeah, because me and Aaron, like Aaron and I, we've always loved conspiracy theories, even though we don't believe in. But they're fun. fun. They're but fun they're to fun. look they're into. So they're fun, fun to analyze. Yeah. Especially, you know, more crazier the better. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, now, let me ask you something on that. Mm. Why? Why do you think people gravitate towards these conspiracy theories? Because um, the nuttier the better, right? Mm. I mean, it's what is it about them? I kind of have some theories, but I'm very curious what you think. <sighs> I think a lot of it's boredom, maybe loneliness, wanting a sense of belonging. And other people, I think they're just. I think there's like a, a fantasy element to it that they just want to hold on to and be like, oh no, there's got to be more to it than this. Because everyone's like the the star of their own movie. And I think all the people in the cryptic community, they've all, they've all sort of convinced themselves, I'm going to be the one to find the Bigfoot, or I'm going to be the one that proves it. But deep down, I think a lot of the time, it's just like, if they had to like ask themselves, like, do I really actually believe in it? Or do I just really want to believe in it? I think it's more the former, but I'm glad it is the former. I think you're spot on. I think you were spot on. The other, the only other word I'd say in there, and it's got, I've got funny backstories why, but I think people want to feel special. Yeah. Yeah. 
They want to, they want to be the one that knows something. And I'm not, I'm not even casting shade at people. You know, everybody's got their issues. We all, you know, whatever, who knows why everybody does anything, but I think there's something like inherent of people. They just, you know, I, I'm not one of the sheep over. I know what really is going on. And yeah, I know like, better. I know better. Yeah, exactly. You don't know it, but I'll tell you and I'll, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So I think, I think it just feeds into some, uh, a hole in them that you know it fills something that they're not getting elsewhere or whatever because mm -hmm. they're not using logic they're not you know mm -hmm. and but to me the reason i love them is because they're the conspiracy theories are it's it's just a big what if and why not a big what if let's postulate i mean that's why i like movies movies are all mm -hmm. big what the fuck would happen if you know cowboys and aliens you know it's you just yeah. never know and it's that's it's mm -hmm. entertainment but it's just it's kind of creepy especially over here there's just people that are you know the whole QAnon thing was you know going bonkers and people oh yeah it's like religious isn't it? was it was QAnon big over there too was um, wasn't, we it was big in the sense that we knew all about it but it didn't okay. nothing there wasn't any like QAnon activity going on <laughs> over here nobody stormed uh, parliament <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> America's one of the best TV channels ever. Uh, uh, that was just that's uh, probably our most embarrassing moment as a country. My God! Oh, uh, you crazy that. kids! <laughs> 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 you, you said did you call us crazy colonists? Did you say colonists? <laughs> <laughs> Give us our fucking tea! Give us our tea! Or yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Oh my God. Well, it's getting late there for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, yeah so just we'll gone off turn. Yeah, wrapping sure. up on this end, I think. But yeah, 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 yeah. Thank, yeah. You, thank you so much for coming on, man. Oh this man, thank you guys. Wow. This has just been a treat. You guys are, you guys yeah, are lovely, lovely. No man, it's, it's been, been great. It's been a real fun. Yeah, be definitely great to get you back on, man. If uh, you know when the Hodag movie progresses a bit more, and absolutely, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, keep us updated. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, yeah I definitely will. I follow you guys. I'm, I'll be seeing what you're up to for sure. And I'm just hoping for progress. That's all. I'm just, yeah, man. As, sure as I was trying to explain to somebody, it's like, you know, if I, you think of the idea of making a feature fucking film, you know, or whatever, it's, it's daunting. It's impossible. But literally, it's just every, what's the next step? I got to do this step and every little step, the steps are doable. You know, there's yeah. a million of them, but I'm just trying to always do the next thing, you know, just mm. be ready for the next step. So, yeah. Absolutely, oh, man. That's the way to do it. Best and I think the, ultimate, yeah, Go and I think the ultimate goal here, really, that we can all agree on is that they need to change the name of the Hodag Music Festival to the Hodag Hoedown. Because it just seems like <laughs> a wasted opportunity to me. You you might you might want to send that to somebody because why the fuck isn't it the Hodag Hoedown? Jeez. Yeah. 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 Wow. You've got you've got a calling apparently. <laughs> that could be you <laughs> you love country what? music i'll bet right what a fucking calling <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. some people cure cancer some people run for office you renamed a festival well done yeah. i can bring <laughs> mythical monsters to festivals for whimsical yeah. wordplay dun, dun, dun. <laughs> sound like oh. a harry potter character all of a sudden <laughs> oh, oh man yeah. i totally appreciate you guys this has been fun i really yeah, no, appreciate yeah, it's been a blast man no, yeah, thanks fun. for coming on good times yeah, right. good times <laughs> and thank you to everyone at home for listening remember hodagthemovie.com hodagthemovie on instagram uh, alex melly on imdb and i think it's alex melly x excel on pornhub.com <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's by subscription only to be clear that's uh, yeah. and discount code is uh 
fuck the hodag that that will get you 10 percent off yes and it'll be the best 125 a month you ever spend <laughs> yes <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's all going towards the hodag movie yeah. so and you will never get that charge off. Up, <laughs> you'll never get that charge off your credit card it is going to be there forever <laughs> recurring oh, charge. Yes. yes please you'll be yes, stained please. by the hodag yes yes <laughs> slag on the dag <laughs> oh yeah the sequel <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, bag that hoed egg. <laughs> good guys, good guys. We've got a franchise. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. The first one ain't even out yet. I know. <laughs> We've got a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, take care, everybody. Alex, take care. Chris, take care. Thank you. Take and... care. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Everyone have a, everyone have a safe one. Yeah. Yep. I gotta walk all hail, all hail the whole day. <laughs> See you guys. See you later. Take care, man. Bye. Bye.